Good job, Brian, as usual. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 78 this morning, the book of Psalms, in the 78th chapter. And I appreciate the opportunity to preach this morning. Uh, Actually, those of us speaking, trying to figure out what to do. We had more than a 24-hour notice, so we're we're in good shape and ready to go. And then you're sitting there, what do we do? How many times? What are we dealing with? So I appreciate that. I appreciate our pastor. And... uh, it, it, it's been a joy to see what's going on. I know some folks look and say, well, this has happened, this has happened, we're here, are we, you know, transition from this place to this place to this place. Stop and think in the last six, seven years what God has done and how he's blessed us. And, uh, and, and we're just getting started. It's exciting to see what's happening, what's going on. Psalms 20, uh, 78, let's start in verse 12. And uh, we'll read down through the 19th verse, and you want to keep your Bibles going. And I, I worked hard. I took a seven-point sermon, and I cut, cut it down to four points because I want to be like pastor. And uh, plus, I knew I'd never finish the seven and go with that. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll help you out and try to help you if we can. Marvelous things, verse 12 of chapter 78. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as in heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness, and gave them drink as out of great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock, and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet. That's a sad statement. He sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart, by asking meat for their lust. And they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Our message is, and passage for the text is out of the 19th verse. And that last phrase, can God? Can God? And we find so many times in the life of a Christian, we do much like the Israelites. We question God. We speak against God. Instead of standing up and saying, God can we come to the point and we say, well, I wonder if God can do that for me. I remember as a little boy in, in vacation Bible school singing songs, my God is so big and so mighty, so strong. And we'd sing those songs. And we sang them as children, but how many times as adults we, we want to sing the song, but we don't want to believe the song. We want to take and say, I know God can, but we're afraid to stand up and say, I know God can. And we find ourselves like the children of Israel questioning, can God do that? Can God take care of me? Father, I pray you'd help me to be a help. That's all I ask. I pray you'd use me. I pray the Holy Spirit have liberty to speak to each heart. You promised your word never return void, so we're on safe ground. And I pray our Savior be lifted up and glorified today. Anybody here without Christ, they'd come to know him as their Savior. And Father, that all of us, all of us might determine in our heart God can and be able to serve you more faithfully in Jesus' name. Amen. The reference here is referring back in Numbers chapter uh, 11 and verse 4 through 6, where the children of Israel had come and they, they were being fed manna. And they got tired of it. They were loathing this light bread, the Bible says. And uh, they, they're wondering, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God provide for us? And what they start to do when they start questioning God, they start remembering what it used to be like. I, today it would be, well, you remember back in the old days? And what they said, you know, boy, we, we, we miss Egypt. We, we miss the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the garlics and onions. Boy, we wish you had that. All we've got is this manna, this heaven, heavenly food provided to us by God. 
And they said, can God get, furnish us a table? Can God take care of us? They started speaking against God. They were looking at the circumstances and say, I don't like what I have, so I want to turn around and go back to what I used to have. And boy, that's dangerous territory. Uh, and we ought to remember where we came from and rejoice we're not there anymore. But we are not ought to remember to lust after it and go back to it and say, boy, I wish I could have this again. So as we look at their lives, we just see a, a basic ingratitude. They didn't care. Then the skepticism comes. And they say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. But it's sad I, I, as I counsel and I deal with folks, so many Christians are the same way. Brother Farber, you don't know the battles I have. Well, God knows about the battles you have. God knows about the needs you have. And instead of in our minds saying, can God take care of me, we ought to be able to stand and say, God can take care of me. Now, I have the privilege a lot of folks don't have. I can look back through 50-some years of being saved. And I can see how God's cared for this and this and this and this. You say, Brother Farber, when you were going through that journey, did you ever wonder about God? I may have, but I don't recall that because I re remember the time that God reached down and saved my wretched soul and put my feet on a solid rock. And but folks, I, I, excuse me, I know the home that I brought was brought up in. I know what I would end up being, what I'd end up being if I hadn't got saved and somebody hadn't loved me enough to tell me how to go to heaven. But as we stop and think about it, realize how big God is. Write down Isaiah 59.1. Behold, my Lord, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. God's able. Another one I love is Jeremiah 32, verse 17. It says, and Lord God, Oh, ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. <laughs> well, I wonder if God can. Yeah, God can. God can. Change the can God around to God can. God can save to the uttermost. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 7, uh, 25 says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Uh, listen, he rescued me from hell. He can save to the uttermost. But talk about not only that he can take anybody's life and he, he's willing that all should be saved, that no one should perish, but it doesn't matter how depraved they are. How wicked they've been. You say, Brother Parker, you don't know what I've done. God knows, and Jesus paid for all of it on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Salvation did not balance me with God. Salvation wiped away my sins. It wasn't God said, I'll take some of your good and put the rest with me. God took care of everything. I remember in, in, in North Carolina, i got to be careful because, Brother Corey, I might remember who it is. We had a, we had a, a, a lady there, one of our uh, ladies in the church, faithful lady, had a brother. She kept saying, pray for him. His nickname was Jig. Pray for Jig. Pray for Jig. He was a, a retired military. He was in the, uh, the VA hospital. He had throat cancer. I said, well, I'm going to go out travel up there. It's about an, an hour, hour and a half drive to get there. And he said, oh, Brother Farber, he's a hard case. He's a hard case. you got to be careful. I went up there, went in there. Back then, there were wards in the VA center. I don't know what they have now. There were six or eight men there all battling throat cancer. He's sitting there with a cigarette stuck in the trach, smoking a cigarette through the trach. All right? He, he, I talked to him about the Lord, and I said, listen, your sister's concerned about your soul. Where are you going to spend eternity? He said, well, preacher, I know I probably need religion, but not now, not now. And I talked to him. I witnessed to him. He wouldn't have anything to do with it. I came back and told his sister. I said, listen, keep praying, keep praying. I made another trip and another trip. Probably made a half a dozen trips that year up to visit him. And one day he said, all right, it's time. It's time. I'm thankful God was gracious to give him the time. And he bowed his head and trusted Jesus Christ as a Savior. God can save to the uttermost. Now, I knew a little bit about his past, 
I knew a little bit about what's going on. But you know, all that past that he had, as wicked as he was, and as things that he did, they're gone. And I can remember what he said, some things he did, but can I tell you a secret? God doesn't remember. <laughs> God, they're, they're in the sea of God's forgetfulness. God can save to the uttermost. He is able also to save to the uttermost. Doesn't make, make any difference how big your sins are, or how great your sins are, or how terrible the world looks at them, and say, you can't believe that. Wait a minute, God can save. You say, Brother Paul, you don't know what I've done. God does. And Jesus paid for that on the cross of Calvary. God can save anyone that comes. Notice also he says, not only save to the uttermost, them that come to God by him. That's how you get there. You come through Christ. You come through the Savior. Jesus is the only way. I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him, Jesus said. You need to realize the importance. Then he also says, and he ever liveth to make intercession. You know, he doesn't just save you and say, you're on your own. He ever liveth to make intercession. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. He's praying for us. Hey, I, 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 we have some great prayer warriors in our church. And there's certain ones that you can go to and say, well, would you pray for this or would you pray for this? Uh, if I need something, pray, I'll ask my wife to pray. My daughter's a prayer warrior. She'll get a hold of the throne of God and, and just ha- shake it. I mean, it's, a, it's great to have that. But you know what? Jesus is praying for us. <laughs> he's interceding for us. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He always has the Father's ear. It's always there. And, and you know what? Anything he asks the Father, the Father gives him. All we need to realize, God saves to the uttermost. Not only that, God can keep us for all eternity. He keeps us for all eternity. God is able. Uh, it's not can God. Can God keep me? Oh, yeah, I guarantee it. But all oh, the devil's giving me a fit. Don't have to worry about it. The Bible says you're in the Father's hand. All right? He'll take care of you. Paul says, and he, as, he, as he testifies for the which cause I also suffer these things, 2 Timothy 1.12. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against this, that day. Notice the same phrase, he is able. He is able. He is able. Get away from our ability and go to his ability. Get away from trusting in ourselves. And you say, but I fail, God. Yes, we do, because we're human. Well, not to see how many times we can fail him, but realize he's there. He'll take care of us. We're going to trust him. But he is able. My, I'm, I'm trusting him to keep me. I'm trusting him in what I've committed to him. I committed my soul to him when I trusted him as my Savior. And it's amazing to me. Folks will stand and give testimony and say, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. They can take you to a time. They can take you a place. And they bowed their heart and they bowed their head and said, Jesus, please forgive me my sins. Come into my heart and save me. And they'll say, I know I'm going to heaven. And that's true. If you've done that, you're on your way to heaven. But then they don't want to trust him for their life. If he's taking care of your eternal soul, just sit down and relax. He'll take care of your life if you just commit it to him. He'll take care of every need you have. See, Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You don't get a celestial medal of honor. That's your reasonable service. You come and say, Lord, here's my life. I give it to you. And let him take care of it. He said, well, Brother Farber, i, I got to work things out myself. Why not let God take care of it? He's able. Committed to him. Trust in him. Depend upon him. Oh, listen, to stop and realize he'll never allow anything to happen to you. He'll never put anything on you that you're not able to bear. He'll give you the strength and the grace. You say, but I've got this battle going on. I've got the health problems going on. I've got all this. Yep, Paul had some of those things called a thorn in the flesh. And then God didn't turn around and say, Paul, I'm, you're such a good Christian. We love you. You're witnessing. You're winning souls. You're building churches. I'll take that away from you. He said, no, wait a minute. My grace is sufficient. 
just trust me, Paul, I'll take care of you, and trust him day by day. God can keep us for all eternity. What have you committed to him? So I'm saved, I know I'm saved, but what have you committed after that? Have you come and said, Lord, here's my life. Here's everything. Here's my family. He said, but my, my, my kids are grown. They're not doing what I want, it, want them to do. I, ha, don't worry about what you want them to do. Have them do what God wants them to do. That's a battle I've had. And, and as we go, Pastor refers to different stages in life. He calls it different seasons of life. And uh, I'm in the season now that my wife's going to be a great-grandmother. I've never kissed a great-grandmother before, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. But uh, and you stop and realize that. It's different stages in our life. And, and we, we want to come, I keep reminding her, she says, well, my, my son's birthday is today. He turned 44 years old today. We were reminiscing about 44 years ago. You know, about this time, he wasn't born yet, but she'd been in labor for 20 hours, you know, and, and stuff like And we were talking about those things, and she said, well, and, and not that my wife tries to control or manipulate, but she, we, they need to do this. And they need, I said, whoa, 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 they're in their 40s. They've been trained, they've been taught, they know better. Let God take care of it. God will that. Now, I'm also telling myself that, too, because sometimes I want to go and just pop them upside the head and say, all right, you know better than that. You need to do this. We've got to realize, you know, the, the, commit them to the Lord. Commit your grandchildren to the Lord. Pray for them, but let God take care of them. Ask God's will to be done in their life, not your will. Ask God's way to be done. Those of you who got, got young ladies or young men and you can't wait for them to get married, ask God to give them the spouse that they ought to have. Well, I think he's good or she's good or whatever. You're not marrying them. Let God take care of it, and God get the right one. What's committed to him? We need to realize that he'll take care of it. God is able. God also, God can supply all our needs. So, oh, Brother Farmer, I know a scripture verse for that. You're going to be surprised when you look at it and see the context of it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, and God is able. There's that little phrase again. God is able. He is able to make all grace abound to you that she always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound in every good work. Wow, I'm going to have all sufficiency in all things. You ever stop and read the, the context of that in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8? You went back up to verse 7, it says, And every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God talks about supplying every need and giving all sufficiency if we're faithful in the context of giving. You know, God's not going to bless if you're robbing him. I mean, I, it's a simple illustration. I've used it dozens and dozens of times. But I go up to Brother Stanley and said, listen, I, I'd, I'd like to go ahead and uh, I'd like to have some money from him and borrow $20 from him. Brother Stanley, he's wealthy. I mean, he's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll give him $20. I said, I'll pay you this back Friday. And Friday, doesn't co uh, Friday comes and I don't pay him back. Well, then I got Brother Stanley's money in my pocket. And he turns around, and, and I come up the next Sunday, and I said, listen, can I borrow another $20? No, I, have paid, I lied to him already and didn't pay him back the other $20. And you come to God and say, God, listen, I, have, I need my needs taken care of. And he said, well, you already got my money in your pocket. He said, you're just after our money. No, I'm after you getting all sufficiency that God wants to take care of it. I'm wanting you to enjoy what God, God will do if you'll just turn around and say, it's all yours. Take my life, use it. Take my, take my wallet. I remember Dr. Ray Roberts and Dr. Lee Robertson telling a testimony about baptizing uh, a guy, and the guy was turned around and, 
you know, back then they didn't, they didn't use baptismal robes and everything else. And he had a pair of slacks on and a shirt and everything. And walking down the water, and the, he said, you got your watch on. He took his watch, and you know, he said, oh, well, you got your wallet in your pocket. He said, he said, I gave my all to God. Let him baptize my money, too, and take care of all of it. And I, and I realized the importance in our life to realize God is able to supply your every needs. He said, oh, Brother Barbara, I don't grab that one in Corinthians. I'd rather have Philippians, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he's able, but also if you look in that same passage in chapter 4 and verse 19, and back up a verse, catch the context, Paul says, but I have all and abound. I am full, and having received of Epaphroditus the things that were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing. God will supply all your needs, Church of Philippi, because you are faithful to give and faithful to do what you have to do. See, we want to claim some of the promises. We want to get to what God will do, but we're not faithful to do what we're supposed to do, so God will supply that. God promised he'd supply all your needs. Listen, I can stand and testify of the goodness of God and the blessings of God. I have everything I want, so I consider myself very wealthy, very rich. My wife having a fit, and my birthday comes up, Christmas comes up, anniversary comes up. I just don't know what to get you. Don't know you. Listen, socks and handkerchiefs always work. All right, whatever you need. I got 42,000 pair of socks and 27,000 handkerchiefs. You know, but no, you turn around. I have everything I need because I have everything that I want. I'm happy as can be. That's why, and I love it. My wife doesn't like to shop. Hallelujah, glory to God, amen. She's already sanctified. She doesn't like to shop. I don't like to shop. And so you say, you only live at less than a mile from the mall, and you don't go to the mall and walk around to the mall. I don't even go around to, walk around it to get skinny, all right? Uh, listen, I found out right now. i got to gain some weight to fit in those chairs, all right, and work with that. Listen, uh, we, so we don't go around, we don't go window shopping unless the window's broken. You know, we don't turn around, well, what? I wonder what I could have. Somebody asked me the other day, have you seen the new cars coming out? <laughs> don't need to see the new cars coming out. Don't have to have a new car. Mine gets me from A to B. I'm happy with it. We're good to go. And uh, keep moving. Realize God will supply all you. He'll provide all that if we're faithful to him. Wasn't it David that said something strange? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Thank you. When we turn around and decide, all right, God's in control. Uh, what, what, what did the sheep? They depended on the shepherd. I've seen the shepherds. I've seen them in the fields when we were stationed over in Germany. I've seen four or five shepherds there and several flocks mixed in together. But they made sure that they had food, that they had uh, grazing, they made sure they had water. Then all of a sudden when it was time to separate, then one of the shepherds get up and he'd call. He didn't say now George, Mike, Edgar, whatever. No, he called and made some type of noise. And all of a sudden you see these sheep start pulling out the, the mixed up flocks. And they'd, they'd have over to him and work with them to realize that he was going to take care of their needs. Whether it was protection, whether, whether it was rest, or whether it was food, or whatever needs to be done, God was there to supply their needs. See, God can. God can if we'll just trust him. God can do more than we can imagine. So I've got some promises, preacher, in the scripture. I know this. God will do this. God will do this. God will do this. Ephesians 3.20 says, now unto him that is able. Here's that little phrase again. He's able. He's able. How able is your God? Are you trusting him? See, we want to look at the circumstances. Oh, what are we going to do? Wait a minute. Get your eyes off of the circumstances and look at the one that created the heavens and the earth. Look at the one that took care of you. Again, I'm still amazed. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I don't know all the, didn't know all the religious terms and all that's going on. But to think that God could reach down 
and save an old country, poor country boy. I'd have been a bus kid if they'd ran the buses then. And saved me and gave me a home in heaven. If he did all that for me, God can take care of everything else. God will supply it. We just go, he's able to do above all that we need. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Able to do exceeding abundantly. It, it, it means to an extent which is, we cannot express. Paul said he, he's able to do more than I can even describe for you. If you will just trust him. More, more than all anything we can conceive. If, if you'd have told me 60 years ago that I'd be standing in a pulpit and preaching, I'd have ran, ran and hid. I'm an introvert. I was shy. I was a runt. I weighed three pounds and three ounces when I was born and didn't grow until I was 17 years old. I took a speech class, and I, didn't, I wasn't even tall enough to go above the rostrum. There was a, the teacher made me step outside uh, beside the rostrum and try to speak. And it was easier for me to be back there because I could read my speech and nobody could see me. But to realize what God can do if we'll just trust him. And when God called me to preach, I said, really? But I found out if I can just give him all that I have. It's not much, but with him, it's everything. And realize all that he can do for us. He'll do exceeding abundantly all that we're able to do. Able even to think. To realize God would reach down and not only rescue me from hell, but he'd pull me out of the north and move me to the south. Huh? You talk, I mean, that's going from salvation to sanctification right there. All right? So to realize that he brought me down, <laughs> you, you, you laugh. They're going to be shoveling white stuff here pretty soon. It's already snowing in Colorado. Montana's got some snow already. All right? Thank God. You say, but Brother Farber, it gets hot down here. But you can wipe that. There's no shovel. And go with it. Now, all you folks born up north, don't get upset. God will take care of you and sanctify. He brought you where you need to be, where where you go. I I rejoice. I get to live in America. I get to live in the greatest country in the world. He said, Brother Farber, we got our problems. Just take a flight about five, six hours east of here, or or take a flight 12 hours west of here, and land on foreign soil and see how blessed we are. And what we have. It, 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 it's good. God's able. It, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about the, the politics? I don't, first of all, I don't pay attention to the politics. I don't really care. I don't watch it. You say, what Rush say? Uh, uh, that, that's rush hour traffic, I guess. I don't know. I don't worry about Rush. Uh, I don't really like to listen to folks that cuss at me. All right? So I'm not going to listen to the trash. Uh, whether it's conservative or negative or positive or liberal or whatever. Uh, I, I found a God that's able. And I placed myself in his hands, and he's able to take care exceeding abundantly of all that I can ask. Uh, we question, can God, but you need to realize if we yield to his power. He said, not only exceeding abundantly all that we can ask or think, but it says, according to the power that worketh in us. What's the power that worketh in us? The Holy Spirit of God. And the same power, the Bible says, that, wrote, that brought Jesus, eight, Romans 8.32, from the grave is the power that it lives inside of us. And if he did that, what, he'll withhold nothing from us. If we'll just trust him. If we'll just depend upon him. Doesn't, didn't Jeremiah say, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. 
All we need to do is go to the source and say, God, can you do this? No, God, I know you can do it. And you grab his promise, you claim his promise, and stick with him and see how God blesses day after day after day. Don't get caught up with looking at the circumstances and say, I wonder if God can help me. You're restricting God. You're limiting God. If you read on in that, that 78th Psalm, it says that the children of Israel limited God. They said, well, God can do anything. He can only do what you allow him to do in your life. He can do it. He's all powerful. He can do anything. But if you don't let him do it, you restrict him from doing it. And that's what the children of Israel did. They limited the Holy One of Israel, the scripture says, because they, weren't, they were coming and saying, can God? They spake against him. Can God do this? Can God take care of me? And it doesn't take long when they start, then, then they start asking somebody else, well, can God take care of me? I notice you're having a rough time. Do you think God can take care of you? No, that's not the way to help somebody. It's not do you think God can take care of you. Let me tell you what God can do. God can take care of you. God can provide for your needs. God can meet each need if you'll just trust him day by day. Can God? Can God save you? Yes, he can. God's able. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the very next thing you need to do uh, before you leave this building is trust Jesus as your Savior. Well, I, I don't know, Brother Farber, is this the time for me to get saved? Are you lost? Don't, don't be like men are stubborn driving around, can't find their way. And the wife says, you think we're lost? Back in the old days when you had maps. Oh, no, I'm not lost. Yes, you are. You don't know where you're going. When finally, about run out of gas, you're pulling the gas station and pump the gas. You've got to go inside to pay back then. And then you say, where are we at? What's going on? I was an air traffic controller in the military, and I was about, oh, about 15, 20 miles from, from the uh, German border back when it was east and west Germany. And we'd have pilots, sorry, brother, uh, well, pilots would be fly back and forth around there, and they're supposed to be guarding. And uh, pilots never get lost. They just get disoriented. All right? And so I, I'd called up whatever aircraft number was, and I had him on radar, and I said, I understand you're lost. He said, negative. And uh, he flew it just a little bit longer. And I said, uh, confirm position or something other and going on. He says, yeah, I'm good. Don't worry about it, radar. And uh, or in route, and he goes on a little bit farther. And all of a sudden, a couple MiGs coming up right beside him to give him an escort. And I said, well, you got two MiGs on your tail or whatever. He said, uh, could I get a vector, please? Which means, would you tell me where to turn and what to do and get going where I need to do? Uh, listen, don't, don't go around like that saying, I, I think I can handle it myself. I remember as a young boy, again, my dad wasn't saved, and he's saved now. Thank, thank the Lord for that. But something was going on, and, and, and I said, well, the Lord will take care of me, Dad. I don't have to worry about that. And he looked at me, and, and he said, son, you're just using Jesus as a crutch. And I didn't know any better. I mean, I just, my dad's my hero, still my hero today. And uh, I went up and up on my bed, and I said, Lord, am I doing something wrong? I said, I, I know you can take care of me, and I, I, I'm going to trust you to take care of it, and, and whatever. And I said, Dad says I'm using the crutch, and, and said it in a negative way. By the time I got off my knees, man, I said, let me use him as a stretcher, as a wheelchair, whatever I need to do. I'm going to depend upon God. I'm going to trust him, because God can. And we need to realize the importance. Can God provide for me? Yes, he can. He can take care of every need you have. You both I got some needies. Make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do, and God will provide for that. He said, well, I think I need a better job. How hard are you working at the present job? I think I need a bigger house. How faithful are you to God with the house that you have? And it amazed me. Everybody needs a bigger house, and the kids all move out, and then they now need to downsize. 
You don't need to be a guy. Just more places to dust. And the guy said, well, don't worry about that. My wife does that. All right, well, then just more deep, deeper the dust is all it is. And whatever you want to deal with, realize, of course, God can provide. God also can keep me. Just sit back and relax. God's in control. Folks worried about the climates and changing and the glaciers and all things like that. God's in control. Listen, all the glaciers are going to be gone one day because God's going to destroy this place by, with fire. You're talking about global warming, all right? This won't take care of it. But you know what? We aren't going to be here if you're saved. You're going to be gone. All right, stop and realize God can. Can God furnish? Can God furnish? Can God? Let's turn it around. God can. God can take care of me. I'm going to trust him. God can provide for me. God can keep me. All Paul said, he testified, and loudly, I think, whatever I've committed to him, God can take care of me against that day till he comes back, till he comes back. Are you looking forward to his return? Are you ready for his return? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Most important thing you'll ever.